2: or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
0: The Around the NFL podcast. We're really big on MySpace.
3: Welcome to another edition of the Around the NFL podcast. My name is Greg Rosenthal, and I'm surrounded in a city filled with heroes. Patrick Claibon, Colleen Wolf. Ricky Hollywood and our special guest today, Nina Kimes.
4: Wow. Thank you. Thank you. This feels like when um, verified Twitter got canceled briefly oh. and everybody was running wild. That's what today feels like to me. It All is of a- you guys were blocked. I was on free. I was tweeting crazy <laughs> yesterday. It was,
3: it was <laughs> like,
2: thriving. it was the best day ever.
3: It is uh, a motley crew. I've assembled here. If uh, you, you didn't tune into Monday's show, Mark and Dan, are off this week. They will be back on Monday and we'll start cranking up for the season. Uh, Wes, uh, of course, started treatment this week. He, I know he did want to pass along. Um, he appreciated all the, all the well wishes that he's been getting on Instagram and Twitter and everything else. And uh, I think he's happy to, to get the process going. So, of course, our, our love goes out. To him. But yeah, the, the the Twitter blackout must have been tough, I feel like, especially for for Patrick and Mina <laughs> and me. I mean, you guys are 100%. you guys are high volume, high quality. You would definitely get votes in like a Twitter MVP situation, both of you. Um, but I, I just feel like that would have been a, a couple tough hours for you guys more than anyone.
5: It, How did you me, deal with it? I, I, I just went back and retweeted as many. Tweets of my own that I could find that were relevant to the situation about being verified. I, I didn't know what to do because I, I like tweet. I mean, and I'm not the only person out there that likes Twitter. Give me your credit. Def-
4: you're definitely high volume, Patrick. I'll, I'll give, you, <laughs> give you that. Claybon's like one of the most fearless t- tweeters out mm-hmm. there. I mean, you shoot from the hip and I appreciate it. It doesn't always land. It does. I mean, you know, no. last.
2: Definitely not.
4: You came on my podcast, the Meaning Com Show featuring Lenny. Check it out. And I believe Lenny roasted you specifically for a couple tweets you had that had like one to two likes each. Mm. But but you kept them up
2: there. You didn't I think Lenny Lenny tweets more than I do. (laughs)
3: Lenny's got a big social. But a lot of my favorite tweets Mm -hmm. of yours, Patrick, are the ones with almost no response. And I and sometimes I don't even (laughs) respond anyways, but just know I'm somewhere (laughs) reading them and thinking, I'm glad you tweeted that.
5: Well, in my defense, right, the next time everybody gets locked out and yeah. you can't actually tweet and all you can do is retweet. I have a bigger catalog of tweets to pick out from that I mm. can retweet True. Uh, when we're being silenced because the world is hacked. So, mm. yeah. Silenced. Uh, yeah. we're. I, I, I have an addiction. I don't feel I don't like, yeah, it, it wasn't, it wasn't
3: tough you on boy. you. Me, Mina's the same way. She, you know. She needs it to live. She needs it to feel.
4: Uh, I, I don't know about that. I did pay Spencer Hall at Edbs every day. Should be whatever that is to tweet. Uh, the Pac-12 is underrated and deserves more respect. <laughs> and I don't. Re- I don't regret it. I don't regret it at all. Ten dollars. Mm. Great.
3: Uh, so yeah, this is a motley crew. I um I apologize uh, to all of you. You know, assembling um, a group of friends really that work extremely hard, especially during this pandemic. For giving you like more work to do um, this week. Colleen's been on TA week after week. Mina's got a million shows. Patrick is uh, Patrick is cranking along. And normally, like, you know, the the kind of the focus would be on Mina. She's like the guest of honor here. But Mina, you you happen to drop in for what is kind of like a really big show for Colleen. I mean, she she knows it she feels it she hasn't been able I to be did. on the podcast uh, a lot this summer she used to be on like weekly in the summers but she's been so busy she's feeling the heat from claybon who's kind of slipping in there as like you know the 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 fifth you know regular here and then also she came prepared
2: Greg, with Stop multiple right. segments. I'm
3: saying it's like <laughs> you came with multiple segment ideas, which I love. Like, it's you're taking the next step. You can never really understand the segments that we're doing. So you decided to make up two of your own. But that puts, like, a lot of pressure on it, on you.
2: True. This is what happens when you're on vacation, I feel like. When you're on vacation, you get a chance to relax. Obviously, that's what I've been doing this week. And really just kind of go through – the different ideas that you haven't had a chance to use yet. So I dumped them all on ATN.
3: Right. We are going to have a, a little show and tell to end the show.
2: Yeah. That used to be the name of a strip club um, around the corner from <laughs> our house in Philly.
3: <laughs> and then I don't the um, logo
2: <laughs> I don't remember. What I, was think the was logo? Like, I think it was just the outline of a girl. I don't know. That's
4: every oh, strip club mo- is the outline of a girl. What right. is a strip club that doesn't have the outline of a woman's silhouette as their logo?
5: Well, That's I can true. think of, you know, there, there's been, a, I remember the booby trap uh, in Delphine, mm. Alabama.
2: What a name. What a name.
4: Um, yeah. When I was in college, I think the local strip club, or maybe it was in high school because it was at a reservation and it was the blue moon.
0: <laughs> mm. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but Colleen isn't just coming like with one segment. She, we, we even got a little halftime break. We're going to do in the middle of the news. Yeah. What are we calling this? I think. Depressing parts uh, of Colleen's uh, de- summer.
2: Depressing pandemic so activities. Fun. I talked to I talked to Patrick about this yesterday. Uh, just one of the <laughs> one of the things I like to do now.
3: Well, uh, you, you're you're moving. You're in the process of moving. We appreciate you know you showing up. We appreciate Mina making it. She had some sales calls. She she did not throw up before this podcast like she did before the <laughs> last one. So I, I think we're all ready to go, Ricky. Let's do some news.
2: Honestly, I thought y'all were joking when you said that because I ended the year at a 77, but uh, I I can't really
5: say everything I want to say on the the air right now, but it's kind of, I kind of take it as disrespect, but it is what it is.
3: That's Kyler Murray pretending he's not upset. Like, why can't you say that on the air?
5: You can't talk trash about Madden ratings on the air? He just doesn't want an article, right? He does want an article about it. It's, I just I just like ending with it is what it is, which is the emptiest statement in the human life.
2: <laughs> it like triggers me so much, I hate it. It is what it
4: is. That's like, a, yeah, right. If your husband or wife says that, you're so screwed. Um, did Leonard Fournette once asked to be taken out of the game because mm. he hated his rating so much. <laughs> I, is that right? Yeah, I, and they didn't take him out of the game, and I, I, I suspect his rating has gone down since. Apologies to Mr. Fournette, but uh, that was an all-time <laughs> mad at Madden moment.
3: Madden rating season always makes me feel old because like, the last time I re- regularly played was was college, just like the turn of the century. And so I've, I have nothing to offer with these conversations. I do wonder, though, what where Derrick Henry is rated uh, in that game because he is a guy who just got paid... Um, pretty big money, four years, $50 million, 25, I believe, guaranteed in the first couple of years uh, without really being able to do much on passing downs. The Titans are one of the first teams in the last few years to like build around their running back. This, of course, um, got everyone tired of the same arguments on Twitter. Patrick Claybon, you're, you're shaking your head, you know, most, most, you know, aggressively. So why don't you start?
5: Uh, yeah, I mean, we talked about my love for Twitter. Derek Henry got paid and I just kind of closed the window. I, I was like, um, you know, just go have these conversations with the people that want to, I guess, in a meadow or on a beach. Like a running back got paid. Uh, we've been here before and I don't want to go again. I just mm. don't.
4: <laughs> well, with that enthusiastic lead-in, <laughs> should I offer some analysis? Okay, um,
3: you can still do it. It's so annoying. Yeah, just, Not you, me. But, 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 but but, but no, but th-
4: no, no, this one's different, though, because the contract's kind of fine. Yeah, And I'm, I'm on the, you know, don't pay running backs a lot of money over many years train, obviously. We don't have to litigate that. Um, and if you pay attention to any statistics, you should be on that train. But um, it's basically a two-year deal. It's equivalent to two franchise tags if they t- tagged him again. Um and then the Titans can get out of it. Derrick Henry is 26. He's coming off a of season in which he carried the football 303 times, which we know what happens to running backs historically when they carry it over 300 times. But ultimately for the Titans, like this isn't a death knell in the way I think some of the other recent contracts have been for backs. Some and and I feel like I have to add this caveat morally. I'm happy for Derrick Henry. This is good for him, but it's also not catastrophic for the Titans. That's you know, the new
3: saying. thing. Like everyone That's that true. works for yeah, Peter just gotta. says like, hey, I'm happy for him as a person, and then just like waits <laughs> for the am. fire to come. Because
4: people take it so personally, and I always say back, I'm not arguing for no one to get paid. That It's a hard cap league. Pay your left guard. Mm. Pay your, you know, will I, I don't care. Just don't pay running back many years.
2: I mean, it makes sense, obviously, though, for him, too, if you consider the running back free agent market next year, all of the names that are going to be out there, like Kamara and Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones and Leonard Fournette. Yeah, I mean, like, these are guys that the fact that, that Derrick Henry did what he did last year, he was the catalyst for, like, their second half success, everything that he did in the playoffs. and. With the amount of times that he carries the ball and with his style just being a bruising back, the fact that he's only missed two games in his four seasons, I mean, he deserves it.
3: He deserves it. And we all said, you know, they they kind of have to run it back. The the Tannehill contract was a much bigger risk than than signing Ooh. Derrick Henry. I think you kinda had to sign Tannehill, but yeah. they gave Tannehill a ton of money. For three years, when they didn't really have to, and and you said it, Mina. They only gave one extra year here for Derrick Henry, so they basically guaranteed him twenty twenty one. They were they were obviously going to pay him this year. It, that that's fine. It, you know, they may run him into the ground, Demarco Murray style. Like there are just not many examples of a guy running the ball eighty three times in three playoff games. And like what happens after that, and they are definitely zigging when when everyone is zagging in, in terms of being out, you know building around the running game. But Tannehill's like the the more fascinating guy to me that I like have no idea what he's going to do this year, and if he could go back to being totally average, and that wouldn't be that surprising to me.
5: Come on, no one wants to jump in on Tannehill. Oh uh, yeah, I I appreciate. I mean, looking what especially like AJ Brown uh, down the stretch, right? He he averaged yeah. fifteen and a half yards per target in yeah. the last six games, which is like ah, it's bananas. Um, and I'm I'm glad Ryan got his money. I'm, I would have liked. Look, I I definitely understand about paying running backs and wanting to structure your team in a way that you can have long term success. I just wish that there are there was a way for these guys who are, are required to play in college for three years, right and then come into a league where they're not eligible to have a contract yep. for sometimes five years. I just wish there was a way, especially for that position, for them to get some money at some point before they're unable to do so. I thought, that, yeah. I thought maybe no
3: interest. no contracts were going to happen with all of these franchise tag guys. There, was, there were 15 of them, if you include Kenyon Drake, who was transition tag, and, and two of them did get paid. And we'll get to the guys who didn't get paid. But I do keep thinking about, like, Every contract that's being done right now, there's a lot of analysis that's like, well, that's a good deal in you know, because of this, or that's a good deal because of that, or hey, when the TV money comes in next year, it's like, <laughs> are we sure that TV money's coming in? Mm. Are we sure are we sure any money's coming in? Like, are are we really that confident in like making analysis on the salary cap <laughs> based on any past precedent when we are in a world that is totally without precedent? Football-wise, of course, but financially into the future, I, I think everyone should just take if you can get money right now, like take it, take it, because who mm. knows what's going to happen around door, you know, door number two.
4: Well, so along those lines, I, don't, I hope I'm not skipping ahead. I guess I probably am to a Dak Prescott conversation. But no, that's you... next. Let's
3: do it.
2: Okay. I mean,
4: uh, is there a sound effect, or can I just jump right in? No, no go you ahead. Just
3: go.
5: Okay. doc. Dak, Dak. Um, that's all I got.
2: Me- hosting and producing the show, and I'm so here for it.
5: That sound
4: effect, it sounded like you were throwing up, much like I did, in a gas station bathroom on my way to my last round. around the NFL appearance. Deck, deck, deck. Um, Honestly, you can just play that sound effect every time I go on the ESPN. We Dallas switch news stories. Dallas. I'll just play that, yeah. Okay, thanks. Um. Yeah. Well, so, my colleague, Bill Barnwell, had a, a really good point, kind of cutting to what you said, Greg, about the contract, which is, so Dallas has put themselves in a position where if They want to keep him, and I believe it's they probably will based on that offense and what I expect out of it. It's going to be very hard to walk away from Dak Prescott. They are, uh, I said uh, on unho- a uh, highly questionable today, I'm worried I used it wrong, but uh, they might be hoisted by their own petard. I, 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 I don't know, I, I yeah, I, I don't know. I hope it's not a lot effect.
3: of petard out there these days, <laughs> but um,
4: <laughs> yeah, that petard being oh god, that uh, the, if. Dak Prescott is successful, they will be a victim of that success, right? Because they're going to have to pay him the $37 million, But Barnwell pointed out, if the cap doesn't go up, that $37 million as a percentage of the cap is a lot of money, right? And they're putting themselves in a really... Whereas if they had a longer team deal, they could play with the money and restructure it and move it around. So that's it from the Cowboys' perspective. But do you believe... Because you were just saying, you know, if you should take money right now, if you can get it, that Dak Prescott erred in any way by not taking whatever it was, you know, 33 times 5, or I think that was the last rumor about that.
3: I, I, I don't fault any player or agent, you know, who's certainly part of this for making the money decisions. Everyone has different priorities of if they want the long-term security, let's say, right now, or they want to bet on the future. I I don't necessarily believe, like, a lot of the last-minute you know, stories that come it's out hard. in the media. It's like, oh, it got really close at the last second, or even <laughs> or even what the terms are that we're hearing, or the Cowboys don't sign four-year contracts. Like, I, I'm sure they're saying that, but if Dak Prescott accepted a four-year, $32 million contract, they wouldn't sign it. I don't really buy any of that. So Dak is betting on an uncertain future. And if you look at the past, he's in the right, because ultimately right. the Cowboys would have been saving money and better off if they signed Dak Prescott last year. If they signed him when Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, that would have been the best time to sign him. The next best time to sign him would have been this year. And I think the worst time to sign him, assuming they want to sign him, you know, is going to be next year. And I, I do assume that they want to sign him. But Colleen, it does feel like there's so, there's something just like a little bit weird going on when you hear the the talk that it's like, well, this gives them another year of evaluation. Like what what more evaluation?
2: Well, I feel like obviously it works out great for Dak. I feel like the, the Cowboys are losers in this situation because Dak's value is only going to go up. I mean, unless he gets hurt, but I feel like it's different this year. Well, it's always different for quarterbacks, but especially this year when we were just talking about like, if you can get any money, just take it right now because of all of the uncertainty and the pandemic and everything else. But in Dak's case, the longer he waits the more likely he's going to get the deal that he's actually shooting for whether it's with the Cowboys or whether it's with a different team eventually
3: it is taking 31 million dollars too which is to, you know to be clear right. you know 7 times the amount of money he's made in in the first 4 years so that 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 will change his life did you see uh Patrick Tad Prescott Okay wait, wait about- I
4: I just want to jump in here his name is Dakota Rain Prescott and his brother is Tad
3: Yeah, that's tough. Dakota Rain, Tan. What going on? You you just (laughs) lost out. Yeah, you're like, why can't I be Dakota Rain? I'm Tad. Like right there, they pretty much set up who is going to be the NFL quarterback and who is going to be tweeting with like no punctuation.
5: But, I mean, in in terms of like since Rain Dakota is sitting there watching Jared um, and Jared's contract, I I always looked at that as kind of, okay, so Goff's contract happened. Mm -hmm. Considerable amount of time has passed uh, right since then, and Dak has to look at that as like a floor, right? Yeah, and I don't know if we're in a world where the Cowboys go into the Super Bowl and score three points, uh, where we would look at oh, yeah, well, you got to pay Dak Prescott if that happened. Um, so Dak comes into this, and sure, he's he's gonna take a risk. Uh, But I just I legitimately wonder, do do the Cowboys want Dak as their quarterback? I think it's a fair thing to ask because it's the most it it seems crazy, but
3: the most, you know, easy comparison is to Kirk Cousins in Washington. And of course, Dak has a higher ceiling than Kirk Cousins did and, and does. And I think has played at a higher level than Kirk Cousins had at any point in Washington, really. But I feel like if they 100 percent super wanted him, then the contract would be signed. That's like the like, little
5: thing it, under the radar here. It feels like they're they're betting on him to not be successful, which is a weird thing to have your right, quarterback right, and you're right, contending yeah. for a Super Bowl. And it's like, well, you know, maybe if you're not successful, then we'll only give you 28 million a year. And it's like, what, what are we and doing? It's all
2: about it.
4: And if he is successful, what will happen? They'll be placed by their own petard. Um, The Kirk Cousins Cousins, uh, (laughs) reference is instructive, not only because that seems to be the path that he's headed down, but I think similarly to Kirk Cousins, um, he has. I think you're absolutely right that the Cowboys don't view him the way a lot of the rest of us seem to. And I firmly believe that if Dak Prescott was drafted in the first round, none of this would have happened. He would have a contract. I've seen this so many times in the NFL, Mm. as with Cousins where you are drafted affects the way teams right. perceive you for the rest of your career. They didn't this- love him
3: that much then.
4: They, they like Connor L- Cook more than him. Right. Paxton Lynch.
3: Which is and bananas. The original <laughs> question though, Mina, I would take that money. I, I don't, I, well, who knows? You can't put yourself in those shoes, but in but really, this time I would just, you just like right now, maybe, maybe I'm more freaked out than everyone, but like, I would just like, uh, I would just, I would take it. It's like Colleen is packing up. She's moving. She's moving out of Santa Monica. She's using this time right now to just like lock down her long-term security, get a good deal on, on a place. Um, I'm hoping. And, and move. Maybe this is not a good comparison. Maybe it's not, but the <laughs> boxes behind you are very distracting.
4: Let me just ask you guys this. I, I, I think the
2: Cowboys are going
4: to be a top five offense. Do you sure. agree?
3: Yeah.
2: Yeah, they have yeah. everything that they need for that to happen. Dak has everything at right. his disposal. So there's really no reason that the Cowboys should be doubting him at all because they've set him up perfectly to succeed. There you go. That's mm.
0: what I'm
4: saying. So when he's doing this risk calculus, he know yeah, he doesn't know if he's going to break his leg, knock on, wood, you know, but and he doesn't know what's going to happen with the cap, but he knows he has weapons and an offensive line like you know, he the information he's equipped with suggests that he should take a bet on this season.
3: Yeah. That that's true, and unlike you know me, like he can have a little more confidence that he'll be like gainfully employed for for a few more years. <laughs> so that has to feel good. I I do want to mention the guys who did not get signed because there were a lot of them. Um, just if anyone stands out um, to any of you, let's start with Patrick, Justin Simmons, Shaq Barrett, Brandon Scherf, Leonard Williams, AJ Green, Joe Tooney, Anthony Harris, Hunter Henry, Bud Dupree, Kenyon Drake, Matthew Judon, Yannick Ngakwe. I mean the free agent class next year should be loaded that's one thing um and and I will just throw out to, to start and then I'll go to you Patrick because the Leonard Williams one is fascinating to me because it's like Leonard Williams would have never made the money that he's going to make from the Giants <laughs> if he got the free agency he never would have like been mm-hmm. kept if Dave Gettleman hadn't traded for him and like Leonard Williams is almost like a last stand for a way of life for Dave Gettleman. Like he believes in these big space eating defensive linemen and he has Dexter Lawrence and he has Dalvin Tomlinson. It's like, and if this doesn't work, if their defense doesn't work, then it's like, none of them are going to be back there next year.
5: Dave loves the hog mollies. Um, I I, I love, I I used to love the idea of because it was a thing that it was a trope that was always like, Oh, well this guy's going to a contract year. So he's going to try extra hard. Right. (laughs) But Shaq Barrett going into a contract, he led the league in sacks and mm. like couldn't get a deal done. And it's just like it made, it makes me think like Derrick Henry goes up to the to the last second to get one, and it's like, well, like well, what is this tag really for? Um, because these guys have done all that they're supposed to do, and you'd like to have you know have an opportunity to to get a long term deal. And so I just I just don't know what more Shaq Barrett could have done. I'm looking mm. forward to see the Bucks defense play this year. I think it's like, it's
3: basically to keep players, you know, it's, I was surprised that it didn't change more on the last CBA because it's just to keep, keep players an extra year or two that you don't want to pay what, what the market will pay. And that's what happened with a lot of these guys. Joe Tooney really stands out. I don't think he's ever going to get that money from the Patriots, but they didn't want him to go to the Jets. One guy that did get paid though this week, and we are going to go through all the contracts, but the, the biggest surprise to me was Chris Jones getting that deal, Colleen, after. They signed Patrick Mahomes, which which proves one of my one of my favorite truisms about the NFL, that the salary cap does not really matter. That people using the salary cap as an excuse, you can always find ways around it if you really want to. And Brett Beach did this offseason.
2: I'm just really happy that Katie Camlin of Plaza Liquor Media was able to break the news to everybody (laughs) again like that I think was really the gem of this story and they did a whole video with production value and everything else and (laughs) you know what I loved it because not a lot of stuff makes me smile these days so if Mm. anything makes me crack a little bit of a smile I'm all the way in on it but Chris Jones like obviously he deserved that and now he's out here making a ton of promises like he's going to bring more championships defensive player of the year but he really does such a good job of pressuring from the inside, from that position, he's just—I think that he deserves every penny of what he was paid in that deal.
3: How about those curls from Gonzo, John Gonzalez, your husband? You're putting out there on social—that's got to be making you smile.
2: <laughs> Maybe <What>? jealous. <laughs>
4: I'm Listen, just saying. Man, how do you I'll think, be, think I feel about it too? Drop the routine. I, I got to um. live
2: with him. All right. I know. Like, I, I mean, his curls all the time. I'm like trying to live up to the curls. But, uh, you know, it's hard. It's a tough job.
3: The Chiefs, the Chiefs are enjoying their victory lap. To, to, to jump off what you actually talked about. Sorry for jamming that in there, Colleen. They are enjoying It's Like, Where why shouldn't they? From? I love it. I love it. Uh, the Chiefs, like, fans, they're celebrating. Mahomes is yeah. celebrating. Chris Jones is celebrating. Like, do you think this all works, Mina?
4: Um... <laughs> Well, they're, they're, the short answer is they have Patrick Mahomes, so they're fine, right? Like, we were just talking about, we were ranking all the different offenses, defenses. And last year, the Chiefs finished about middle of the pack, which is a credit to some of the work that Steve Spagnuolo did, especially with that secondary, I think. But ultimately, LOL, nothing matters if you have Patrick Mahomes. You just need, like, an average defense to be fine. They are headed towards a very stars and scrubs roster. I know I agree with you that <laughs> concerns about the cat tend to be overrated, but they will, you know, they, uh, they've got a kid, uh, Kelsey deal looming, af- probably after a yeah, Kittle deal change, so that, that's going to go up. The
3: decisions that they have to Michael make. Mitchell Schwartz is someone to be... that they have
4: to pay, but um, Brett Beach has also done a really good job drafting, which is you have to draft and develop and have some of those hit to have a Scar- stars and scrubs roster, right? Like Juan Thornhill, the young safety, looks great. Um, found a quite a fine in Travarius Ward too. So. I'm not worried about the Chiefs. I think all the dynasty talk is completely validated. And Mm -hmm. to Colleen's point about Chris Jones and his like unique skill set and probably the second best interior pass rusher in the NFL behind Donald, that's more important Mm -hmm. than it's ever been in this league. We saw that in Super Bowl. So I I thought it was kind of a no brainer for them. Uh, I Chiefs fans are so lucky, man. Imagine being a Chiefs fan. He makes
3: he makes the guys next to him look better. He makes the whatever defensive end they stick over there opposite Frank Clark. And uh, Jones always looks better. I mean, that you, you know, can that, save money that way.
4: I think they have Taco Charlton now. That was one of those when you go roster by roster and you're like, huh, okay. Like that guy's on Who, that team. Who's,
5: who's going to try hard now? I, I remember a Taco Charlton is going to try hard now uh, article, so that jumped out to wait, me. Wait, wait, wait. Did sources Amazing. say that
4: or like what kind of that, sourcing do you have on that? Cause...
5: I, I think it was Taco. I, I honestly oh, do. You, you, uh,
2: you said, oh, wow.
4: Yeah. Mm. It,
5: it's like uh, – during my time i have to look for the quote but yeah and yeah,
4: i, I have it wasn't I, I, motivated
5: yeah but now now the fire burns within um yeah. you could make a, a lot of people did i felt this way you know of course patrick mahomes causes the world to explode but uh you can make the argument that chris jones was the mvp of the super bowl and mm. to to see mahomes is <laughs> there we go validate it to see mahomes um who told like we, we interviewed him on total access last Friday, two Fridays. I don't know. Days don't really mean anything anymore. Um, they don't. And he talked about the way that he wanted to structure this deal. And Chris Jones, honestly is making more money than Patrick Mahomes right now. Uh, Mah- yeah. Mahomes is going to have to wait for the lion's share uh, of his payday, but he wanted this to preserve this championship window that they have. And they'll, they'll do that with the, with the the talent that they have, that they're able to keep for now um but in, in terms of keeping this defense which was able to play to the level that they needed them to play this is this is huge and the window the window is all the way open and i'm glad he gets his money I I do wish we could call him the highest-paid player on the Chiefs. It's weird that we insist mm. that Mahomes is the highest-paid. You he, can. Like, I mean, you've got a microphone. Yeah. You're on it right now. I mean, you okay, can do let's, it on network. You can do it wherever you want. Let's wait until people get their money to call them the highest-paid. Let's let's do that. The, the money comes in their bank account. and then I will fight that fight with court. you. Let's do it. Okay.
2: High-paid player on the I'm Chiefs. I'm down. Let's go. <laughs> ah,
3: It's like, yeah, it's, their defense could – has room to get a lot better because they really weren't that great. They're terrible against the run. They're pretty good um, against the pass. And you would think they actually have room to get better. Spagnuolo did a good job at the end of last year. But really, we're just kind of killing time right now. I hope, Ricky, you are ready because we've just been kind of talking until we get to my favorite part of the show or what I'm expecting to be my favorite part of the show, which is our our halftime break of the news. And it's a little something that we like to call... And, and give it a second, Colleen. Colleen, okay. most depressing pandemic activity.
2: i, I never Ooh. been this happy before. What no No. Okay. So this is my favorite depressing pandemic activity to do these days. Um, Because I have uh, a lot of pictures on my phone, I never delete any photos at all. So I have screenshots. I have everything on my phone. Uh, And I like to go into my photo album and search on this day last year, what was I doing as a normal, semi-normal functioning human in the world? So it's something that you all can do. We can all play this depressing game together. And um, as it turns out, I I looked this morning that on this day last year I this is not this was not a plan to like humble brag at all I I swear but this <laughs> just so happens to be the day that last year I accidentally went to Palestine um I was in Israel with right. John and our two friends and we went to Jerusalem And we were like, oh, well, like Bethlehem is right around the corner. Should we go and like check out that the church where Jesus was born? (laughs) So (laughs) we're like, yeah, cool. Let's do that today. And so we like we literally got in the car and typed in Waze, uh, Bethlehem Nativity Church. And, you know, I I guess I should have probably figured out that it wasn't the smartest idea when Waze popped up a warning that said high risk or illegal area do you confirm drive <laughs> and we were like yeah i mean it's, uh, it's it's bethlehem it should be fine tourists go there all the time so we drove our rental car with Israeli plates into Palestine, mm. um, which Israelis are not supposed to go there. And um, usually if you go to Palestine, you are on a tour bus uh, and you, uh, you go with a big group, but not us. And uh, it was quite the journey and it was quite a day. And we made it back. Um, it was a little dicey. We had somebody spit on our car. Uh, but that was it, so really not that bad um like but but yeah they moving a... when
3: they spit on it, or how did that work?
2: no no we were stuck in traffic at the border trying to cross back over um and luckily we all had our passports on us because we really didn't realize that we were crossing over any borders hmm. so that That was that's my uh, favorite depressing pandemic activity, Uh, and I think you should all try it. Just give it a whirl, see what you were doing this time last year. I've never been this happy before. No, Bethlehem was beautiful. It was it was a really cool church. Really awesome.
3: Do I you want highly uh, to,
2: recommend Jerusalem. No, I
3: think it's amazing. I want to call you every day and hear this, like, incredibly sad um, look back on, on what you were yeah. doing. It's a very Colleen thing to just kind of stumble into into Palestine, too. Patrick, you were looking at your phone. Did you go back a year or?
5: Well, yeah. When Colleen uh, mentioned this to me yesterday, I didn't know that we were gonna be depressing on multiple levels. But I went to, <laughs> um, I went through yeah. my phone to to look oh, into. Right what i was doing a year ago mm-hmm. and i don't know if you guys could see uh I, lauren and i actually went on a date Ooh. to oh. a playhouse oh to my see goodness. a magic show with a small intimate crowd where people were close to each other and touching each other and touching playing mm. cards and doing all of these things uh that are impossible right now and so yeah the the idea is
3: super depressing. <laughs> <Yes. fun>. Yeah. <laughs> Mine hits it, it on the head pretty well, too. I was at, I was looking back, I was at Fenway Park um, about to see uh, my family the next day, but staying at a friend's house and, and watching uh, the Red Sox win. I think it was like a 18 to 11 real offensive
2: hmm. I remember
4: that night
3: <laughs> at Fenway Park.
4: I was in Miami. Wow. Um, taping questionable. yeah yep. with uh poppy over there um
3: How are you finding just like doing zoom for all tv
4: it's all right I, I mean you guys have the same experience as i do i for me the worst part is like doing my own hair and makeup or attempting to and lighting and all the stuff that we count on much more skilled people to do um I'm pretty bad at all. The, it turns out I'm bad at everything that goes into the making of television. Just the being on television is my job, but I'm enjoying it. it. I think it's a lot easier than any of us thought it was back in March.
5: I'll say that.
2: Yeah, that's true.
3: Which is good because I think it's going to be continuing here for, for quite a while.
5: My my yeah. only thing is is the delay. I, I can't get used to the delay. It's mm. so annoying. It changes everything that we do with it how we sucks. interview people, with how we tee people up. And it's just, it, it just makes TV bad. And mm. I, I, I wish like, it's like, let's, let's nationalize the internet. Ah, let's, let's make this better for everybody. I don't know.
4: It feels like a I, tweet I just, that you were like a Clavon tweet in real life. We just saw come together. What a magical yeah, all, moment. I
3: mean, for real. Like, nationalize the internet. Hey, it might, it might help. It might help send some kids to public school that would be nice in, in, the, in the, the
2: delay spot. is the absolute worst though like it is it makes everything so scripted and then anytime you try and like interact with somebody say something funny like just react to somebody's point there's just like dead silence and you don't know how it was <sighs> received until seconds later and you've already moved on to something else <laughs> yeah. and then you have to like back laugh at it and then be like yeah but anyway, laugh. i don't know I don't know if you're if I'm talking over you still right now or like what is going on. And so you just like power through and it's um Badass. I feel like not great. That's yeah, I don't awesome. maybe ESPN <laughs>
3: isn't having these problems. I mean, I don't worry about it because me and Andrew Siciliano have such amazing chemistry, like it it's sort of nothing can stop Ew. it. But, so uh,
2: natural, yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah, but but maybe it's not different at ESPN. And, and that um, was Colleen's favorite depressing pandemic activity.
2: I, I've never been this happy before. No, no.
3: Okay, Colleen, I think that was a big success. That was that was an A. You're one for one right now.
2: <laughs> the the what segment a segment guys feels
3: bigger, but um you're off to big. Be- I'm not surprised. It's like a you you've kind of stepped up in class just like in general since you were on the show as you're like like a, you're bringing the executive producer credit is what I'm saying you're like the
2: Why are uh, you trying to butter me up right now? <laughs> <laughs> what is coming next? I don't
3: know. We'll see. You're like the Reese Witherspoon <laughs> You don't know <laughs> Seth, Rogen, maybe, just
2: like Seth Rogan, maybe I'm the podcast.
1: Uh, we do
3: have like a tiny, bit and it, it is a come down. I was thinking this show might be the last show where we have just a lot of football news to talk about, which is nice, which is a relief, and that you know the league's handling of the coronavirus isn't going to be o- almost everything, or at least the, the most important thing that we're talking about every episode. But we do have a a little bit of an update there, which is. Uh, today, there was a report that the NFL and NFLPA agreed that there will be kind of a separate IR list um, for players who get the coronavirus. It'll be three weeks. They will be fully paid. But that is that is one small detail. And the bigger news, the bigger kind of global picture is that we are technically only two days away as we tape this from when a couple of teams, including the Texans rookies are supposed to show up for training camp. The NFL owners have a big call on Friday in which I expect there will be news about certainly those rookies not showing up and, you know, very possibly uh, training camp getting pushed back. But I, I think, I guess the, the biggest takeaway is here, there's, they're pretty far away, it feels like, on even coming to terms with how this will look at the same time that, you know, five, six, seven NFL teams are in some of the worst, you know, places that you could possibly be uh, in the entire country. So that's it. Like the news is just like there's going to be more news Friday. But I wouldn't be surprised, you know, like if we, when we come back on our show Monday or when you, you're doing your shows Monday, that – that things are going to start getting pushed and the preseason, especially yeah. feels like it is like more of a, a, dream for the owners than something that could realistically happen.
4: Coming, coming for my work there, Greg.
3: Boy, <laughs> you love the preseason. That's right. <laughs> oh, and you're, a, you're the preseason. Uh, no, like, oh, uh,
4: uh, yeah, I, that I think, is a bummer. The, 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 so the players are pushing for no preseason. The league wanted the two games is the last we've heard. Um, it is interesting to think about like which teams are not to immediately transition to like the football ish side of things, right? Like when we talk about how will no fans affect the home crowd advantage at Seahawks state, you know, but it is interesting to see like no preseason would really affect a lot of rosters, a lot. Of, I know we poop on it and some teams view it as inessential, but this is the time of the year when we start talking about question marks, training camp battles, um, like, for example, the Chicago Bears, if they don't have a preseason, who starts week one? You know, I, I, there are teams out there where Mitchell the does. Yeah. Do you think definitely? Nick Foles I, well,
2: only is here for the playoffs.
3: <laughs> well, I kind of think, I mean, that I don't know when
2: he will show up.
3: <laughs> I'm not saying anything definitely, but I think the training camp is going to look more like the NFLPA wants, which is about a three week ramp up where initially maybe there's only 20 people in the building and that maybe you get to OTAs in two or three weeks and maybe you get to padded practices in four or five or six weeks. And it's like, if that's the timeline, what are we talking about here? Like the, you're not even close to being in with, in terms of the preseason. And we talked about how the NFL built some flexibility into this season of pushing it back. And, you know, I think, I think we're getting closer and closer there. If someone had told us in March that as we were sitting here, uh, 12 days before training camp was supposed to start and a couple of days before rookies, that cases and death in cities would be higher now than at any point in the pandemic. Um, Mm -hmm. like, I don't think we would have believed it. And we probably would have just assumed that the NFL is going to have a hard time coming back. College football looks like it's, it's on the ropes.
2: But when you just look at what, I don't know if you guys saw JJ Watts tweet today. Um, he tweeted, I guess, after these conversations that the NFL PA and the NFL have had this week, Here's what they know and don't know. And some of the points he outlined, we've not received a single valid infections, disease, emergency response from any team or the league. We don't know if there are preseason games, obviously. We don't know if there will be daily testing, semi-daily testing. We don't know how a potential positive COVID test would affect contracts, roster spots. Nothing's been agreed upon uh, regarding what training camp will actually look up, look like, and how the ramp up period will even work. So it feels like nobody really knows anything.
3: Well, and how could they? The testing's the hardest. It has to be the hardest part. I know the NBA is getting it done to some degree, but in so many of these states, unless you're an essential employee, you're having to wait a week for your test results right now. And it gets really complicated if the NFL is going to try to come in and, and even have the how could they have the resources or ethically like what you would need to do to have the resources to test as much as, as you would need to to be safe. And And
2: then the list that they put together with COVID with the players having to go, if they test positive for the three-week COVID IR or whatever they're calling it. I mean, what are they going to do with false positives when those tests come in? I mean, I'm not – I don't – Everybody in my family is a nurse, but me. So I get all of my information from them. But that is a problem: the false positives, and that's going to affect rosters and football too, if anything. And it's so
3: and it's so cart before the horse. They like August is going to be so challenging. Like they just need to try to figure out some sort of safe way to do August and worry about everything else later.
5: And we're within the incubation period, right now. Like twelve days until training camp starts. If you if you're in. Exposed to the virus like you may not test positive until you're already there. And then then what happens? Like, how, do, how are things going to look uh, two weeks after the, the start of training camp? There's just so mm. many places uh, where it, it feels like at this point we should have like a firm process of this is what we're doing. This is what's safe to do. But because like in society, my, too. Yeah. Right. Society because, more. The NFL is not going to solve it. <laughs> <laughs> but because money's involved, right, because money's involved in society, because money's involved in the league, there's kind of hemming and hawing on like, oh, where where is it OK to blur the lines? Because, you know, ultimately, we're, we're concerned about uh, people being able to make a living. And so it's, as you said many times, Greg, like it shouldn't be up to a league or even a, a city or a state to do this. Uh, you know, these things should be implemented at the federal level by a functional government. And apologies to people who are tired of hearing people say that. I know. But it's true.
3: Let's go back to the football. That was more fun. There actually was more football news. It really is probably going to dry out now. I can't see what else is going to happen. But there were items this week that in a normal week, we like we would have been leading this show with Miles Garrett's contract. We would have spent 20 minutes on it because we would have just been excited that something happened. Like, Miles Garrett, uh, Colleen, you were there Um for I would say the the worst moment of his career. You were in the really? in the building in Cleveland. Would have you have guessed doing one of um what I would have guessed was the most difficult, but excellent uh, jobs by you doing that post game show. Would have you have guessed that night that like we'd be talking about a huge Miles Garrett extension that makes him one of the highest paid players before the next season starts.
2: I can't even imagine, I can't even imagine like thinking that going back to that night because it was one of the most, I mean, even Super Bowls uh, have been less chaotic than that night because it happened with 10 seconds
3: left in the game. That was part of it too.
2: And like, and it happened at the other end of the field from where we were and they weren't replaying it in the stadium. So nobody knew what was going, like we couldn't see what was happening and we didn't have any monitors Cause they didn't even pull, they were just about to pull out our set onto the field with like the seconds ticking down. And so we just hear like Joe Buck being like, being like, and Troy Aikman being like, Oh my God. Oh wow. Did you see that? And we're like, what is happening right now? How do we do, how do we do the show? And it was like, we had to throw it all together. And, and once we actually saw, you know, the video, then we were like, oh, wow. All right. So this is a thing. This is a big thing. This is a thing that is going to be a thing for a while thing. So I can't imagine, you know, thinking that night that we were going to be sitting here having this conversation. But before that moment, Miles Garrett was in the discussion for defensive player of the year. He was in the, the conversation for that. And, you you saw the fall off with the defense when he was not on the field in terms of what they were able to do with pressure. And it just wasn't anywhere close to as successful as they were when they had Miles Garrett on the field. So he's getting that money. And he said that, uh, you know, that one moment isn't going to define his whole career and life. And, and Mina, you talk to him. I mean, what do you think about all this?
3: Ooh, that's right. We get all the experts. I know.
4: I'm getting uh, my Google alerts from my name because it's being mentioned in the context of his contract did uh, <laughs> <laughs> this interview. Um, yeah, so I guess it was, God, it feels like another lifetime. Mm, when was the February? It was after the Super Bowl, I think. But um, I did interview Miles about the incident uh, when he was reinstated. And he uh, sort of reasserted his allegation that Mason Rudolph said a slur to him. Um, and that was met with a lot of backlash from the Steelers. Uh, and the number one question people always ask me is, do you believe him? And I don't have an answer to that question. I, I truly, I don't know. I wasn't on the field. I believe that there is an audio, by the way, which is something there's been a lot of question marks about, and I think kind of a lot of misunderstandings about what is actual, actually taped on NFL player fields and retained. Um, but I do know this. I, I'm not surprised by the contract because the Browns absolutely love him. And one of the things that didn't really make it into it wasn't reported on was, you know, after that night and then after our interview, a lot of people asked why didn't he tell anyone that night? He did. He told John Dorsey and Dorsey confirmed it. And Dorsey has only ever supported him and backed him. So, again, I don't know if it's true or whatnot, but I do know that that organization thinks very highly of him. And I'm not surprised for obvious football reasons.
3: Right, I'm. I'm glad, and he's right. It's not going to define him. I mean, they've they've known him in the building. He's a a number one overall draft pick that has lived up to the billing and then some. DJ Daniel Jeremiah, our our uh, our podcast adversary, mentioned on Twitter <laughs> this week. You know, he he thinks that. M- Miles Garrett has the most tools in the toolbox of any pass rusher in the league, and I, I would I would agree to that. I love watching Garrett every single snap, and as good as he is, I think there's even a feeling that wow, he could he could be even better. That he was probably one of the five best pass rushers in the league last year, and I think that's the closest he's been to being full Garrett. And yet, when you when you do watch him, there is I still have this feeling that I think he he could have. JJ, obviously, it's a, he's a different type of player, but just like blow the rest of the league out of the water type seasons, and it still feels like like there is a a chance that that is in front of him. Patrick,
5: he is, he's like. He's a required so fun to watch. watch. Right. Yeah. It's it's which is so different, like in this twenty twenty world where like even on video games, like people don't even play defense anymore. They just sim straight to the offense. And offense gets so much energy and so much attention. But like when the Browns are playing, like mm-hmm. you're watching number ninety five to see what he can do. Mm-hmm. And like like we've all said, like that moment with Mason Rudolph where something happened. We don't know what it was. Two people on earth know what happened. Uh, it's weird that people could make a statement as to what did or didn't happen other than the people involved. But ultimately, like he's a spectacular football player. And I'm glad like I'm glad that the Browns are able to kind of look past this and he can get his money and he can hit quarterbacks legally like with his pads <laughs> and not with their own helmets.
3: Right. The defensive line there it never didn't quite live up to the billing that we expected going into last year, but it's all they're all still there. Olivier Vernon's still there. Played pretty well when he was healthy. Yeah. Sheldon Richardson played pretty well. Ogan Joby did not have a great year. But like that defense is still there and, and should be great. There's a lot about the Browns that should be uh better this year. Hopefully we can see that. Hopefully we can also see Jason Peters, your boy Colleen, at guard. Oh yeah. He's back. I know Eagles He's fans back. are excited. But I think the Eagles organization was excited, too, that nobody wanted to sign Jason Peters to play tackle because I think they actually felt like Jason Peters can still play, that he played pretty well for us last year. It just didn't make sense to bring him back as a tackle because we have guys that tackle. And once he just couldn't get a job and all he could get was kind of a low deal to play guard for the Eagles, it's like – He's back, and uh, I think he's going to be a Hall of Famer someday, and it looks like he'll end his career uh, with Philadelphia.
2: It's it's just – it was meant to be, I think, Rosie. That's sort of <laughs> my feeling on it. I mean, it is it is interesting if he does actually play guard. It'll be the first in time, and he's obviously, you know, an amazing player. He's super talented, but he's also switching from – the left side to the right side. So there will be a learning curve, but think about that right side of the line. What a party that is. I mean, you got Jason, Kelsey, Jason Peters, and Lane Johnson and Lane Johnson was supposed to replace Jason Peters back when they brought, when they drafted him. So I feel like it's it's very odd just to see him coming back. I mean, when I was starting college, uh, Jason Peters was just starting with the Eagles. So I feel like he's really been there forever.
3: I remember writing Roto World posts about this tight end, Jason Peters. You know, <laughs> I mean, I really right. do like, it's yeah, like it. Great. It doesn't look like he's athletic, but it doesn't look like he's, it's working out. They might move him to tackle, which is usually like, OK, this dude's career is over. Didn't write that, that way. Well, that's we've uh, we've uh, done enough news. I'm I'm excited now. I'm excited to get to this uh, idea that Colleen had, which is show and tell. It should should be. (laughs) My ideas have
2: been brilliant, I feel like, today, right?
3: (laughs) (laughs) They really have. You made the show for us. I don't want to keep everyone too long. I know, Patrick, uh, you might need to jump off at some point. Tell us if you are
5: yeah i'm I'm monitoring my phone okay. extensively. uh we'll see what the uh what the news overlords at NFL would would like to do, but so, we're good so you
3: you the have moment. the idea, Colleen, even though it is an audio show we we are taping it on video, <laughs> and you just want to do a quick show and tell' cause you've been what going around and packing your boxes this week. Can't you hire well, someone for that?
2: I'm not, I'm not hiring somebody to pack the boxes. I'm going to hire somebody to help like physically move out because these Mm. guns aren't going to be able to carry credenzas out of this house. uh, I'm telling you when, when
3: Wes and I moved to LA, the NFL shockingly paid for a moving service that, that we didn't have to do anything. They just showed up like magazines were out and they just, and man, I I, I never want to live another way. (laughs)
1: <laughs> they touched your stuff.
3: I mean, you could take, you could separate whatever you don't want them to pack that you wanted to keep separate. You know, because we were we weren't going to have it for a few weeks. You know, because it had to go in a U-Haul across the country and whatnot. But yeah, they basically did it all. It was amazing. Like your underwear and everything. I would pay. Like I don't pay for a lot of things and whatever. I'll drive lousy cars my whole life but whenever i move next i'm doing that again because it was hmm. that it was a life changer
2: fancy i even if it wasn't a pandemic i still don't know if i would be <laughs> well, that's okay true having a little somebody right else come in and like pack all of my stuff i would feel so weird about it i'd be like um can i help you with anything is there anything i can get you <laughs> like yeah we I don't left know.
3: Would, we I left just, the house
2: i can't yeah i would have to i i don't know i guess that sounds, you wonderful. Even there? It sounds
3: like a great well, I think, experience. I think one of us <laughs> stayed at all times, but but uh, the other and our daughter, you know, left, so one person hung out. Yes, yeah, sorry for distracting. What show and tell really should be all about? Colin.
2: <laughs> what a different experience. I mean, I could just show and tell you all of the boxes that are like in around this place. There's a lot, but it is an audio program, so I understand. Um, okay, so my show and tell, a couple things I found while I was packing here. I still have my Super Bowl confetti in a mm. Ziploc bag. I feel like I should have done something cooler with it by now because we are uh, well past uh, when the Eagles won. So maybe I should like put it in a frame or something with a ticket. I don't know. Something more <laughs> sentimental than a Ziploc baggie of confetti that was just shoved in my nightstand. <laughs>
3: so I found I sub- that Pick up fridge. the confetti and then like, but I don't know if people really want that and like send it to like if, if I know the fan of that team. But it's like, I don't know if people, do people want the confetti? I've always wanted mine.
2: Like some, sometimes as like a gift, I'll like throw right. in a couple of pieces, but it's dwindling now. So I might that might be over. <laughs> um okay, so this is one of my favorite uh one of my favorite things. <gasps> it's it's an Eagles t shirt, um, but it was my mom's. Um, so it's like legit OG, and it's the softest thing in the world. And my the reason I found it was because Well, I've had it at my house for a while, but the reason I initially found it at my parents um, was because my mom was using it as a rag to clean the house. (laughs)
4: There's a metaphor in there somewhere.
2: A rag bin with a bunch of like other old cool t-shirts that I pulled out. And I was like, what are you doing with these? Give me this. So... Uh, it is one of the coolest things ever. And you it's like so worn that you could, I can see you guys through it.
3: <laughs> is it. Can you, you even old. wear it anymore? It's just sort of an artifact.
2: I wear it, but I feel like it's going to fall apart every time I do wear it. Mm. So yeah, it's not long for this world for sure. Thanks mom. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it.
3: I thought you were going to have a lot. I could watch this. Well, I have other stuff. Himself. I have a
2: license plate <S laughs> <for you. laughs> <laughs> cover. I have an old pennant that my dad sent me mm, from cool. the basement, which is really cool. Um, and then this like old Eagles football that I sure. have in the background of um, my shots. So it's my brother. Are you going to get a He's shot like, set up
3: next week being on TV again? Is that why you have to go to work?
2: No, the shot is still up. That's like the okay. only thing that's not packed. It's like still mm. just like sitting and it's. Who's in your its, uh, um, favorite team
5: Colin? <laughs> yeah, do you like a football team?
2: <laughs> I guess it would be um, the Philadelphia Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> wow, look at
5: that. Patrick, yeah, this what is do you from
2: got? 1979,
5: 1980. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> All right, well, uh, hold on one second. Is right, wearing we basketball courts? I'm leaving. Well, I, he is wearing no. shorts, but... Yeah, I'm. I'm I wear basketball shorts.
4: Right? I, I, I yeah. wear basketball
5: shorts when I'm like working at the station. So like, this is nothing new. Like, I'm, <laughs> I'm, like, it's weird to see like people being like, "Oh, I'm wearing, I'm wearing shorts like in quarantine life," and I'm like, "You're not about mm. this life." Like, I, I've been doing this since like 2008. <laughs> he was born like, into it. Wow. All right. So, um, little backstory. I uh, met my wife on Twitter. Um, I was covering the Alabama-Tennessee game in Knoxville. Uh, we're we're talking on text and I catch a wild hair to drive to Charlotte and meet her. And so that was like weird and risky. I drove to the YMCA Romantic. and took a shower. Yeah. Uh, got, a, got a thrift store shirt and uh, went up, you know, of course, knocked on the door. She opened it. She was the most beautiful thing I've ever seen in my life. Uh, you know, we got married, whatever. Um, but I, <laughs> I pulled this horrible looking like button down collar, like, it's it's super ratty. It sucks. Uh, but I pulled it out when we were in Costa Rica. I wore it when I asked her to marry me. I told mm. her the story of getting Aww. the shirt. I was emotional and in shambles. But yeah, this is a this is a, a shirt that's that good. sucks, but is is awesome and I love it. So that's it. That's people my should check, check
3: out. It's it. oh, a good
2: story.
4: It's amazing.
3: You told it on Twitter as well. I feel like during this pandemic, people should go yeah, check I, that
4: I, out. I did so great, yeah and then there was like a sci-fi thing a joke in there right as i recall
5: yeah we uh we watched you and sci-fi wife. movies and, and texted back and forth it was super <laughs> cheesy i'm a big dork and uh this like if i put this shirt on like this i'm not very good at fashion and like this this shirt sucks but i'm never getting rid of it
2: mm. I, I love that you kept it
5: that's great what do you got mina patrick
4: um, so mine's not as cute or, t- or, you know, charming like Colleen's, but, uh, today on, while well, I was Highly Questionable this morning and talking about Dak Prescott making my incredible hoisted by his own petard reference, um, L. Duncan. Do <laughs> you think, like, bringing it up it again, it, it's
3: going to, like, work better the more you bring it
5: up? Or? <laughs> we, we've hit a petard, we like, got to bring it record. up a third
4: time. <laughs> I actually think it makes, it gets smarter and smarter the more I use it, um, <laughs> And uh, anyways, Elle Duncan was on the show with me and she had this analogy about the quarterback market and Beanie Babies. So then we all started talking about Beanie Babies. And I remembered that I had a Beanie Baby. I have a lot of stuffed animals. um, Unfortunately, affirming every possible stereotype about me as an Asian-American woman who covers the NFL. I f***ing love... (laughs) Are you allowed to cuss on this? Sorry. I have so many stuffed animals. (laughs) I just think they're so cute. And I I get... I mean, I don't know. Like, people... (laughs) Maybe that's surprising because I have i have kind of a bro-ish job or whatever, but I have like a hundred stuffed animals. Wow! Kind of around the house. I am surprised.
3: Colleen has a shocked face right now.
4: No, I, I love to, them. I want
2: to know where you keep them.
4: Um, I can show you. I mean, there's some up. I don't want to like mess up my audio setup, but there's like 20 up there. There's just a couple <laughs> on my shelf. Anyway, so I was like, oh yeah, I think I got a beanie baby laying around. So I grabbed it. It's a bat. <laughs> you guys can see it's a little bat. Um, the official tie name is Batty. I call it Radar. They all have names too and voices. And anyways, on the air, uh, <laughs> L. Duncan was like, w- looked it up, and it turns out this is worth a thousand dollars. Oh,
3: what? Wait, this For little? Real? Yeah, this. Are you little, gonna get rid of it,
4: baby? No, I, I mean, I then I'd have to like you know figure out the website. where you, I don't know. I yeah, just you know. If it's anyways. worth a
3: thousand now. exactly in 30 years maybe if you really
4: yeah yeah, just like dak prescott so i (laughs) i love this little bat um and so people maybe make fun of me for loving stuffed animals but who's laughing now i'm laughing all the way to the bank that i'll never go to because i'll never do Mm -hmm. you know take the effort to tell it but you're
2: sitting on a gold mine apparently (laughs) apparently i am
3: that's great um Wow, mine, yeah, mine's not as cute or anything like that. I was looking around for, like, something that would be good to have, and I'm not super sentimental, which maybe isn't a shock. I don't keep yes, a lot you of are. stuff. Um Well, not in terms of objects. You know, I'm not a big keeper. I like throwing things away. Uh, but okay. I found it's randomly good. This, good lead up. <laughs> I found this um, disposable camera. Yeah, oh, that's a crank. From- and it's from with the crank on the back and everything and it's yeah. from 2001 so i am really excited now after looking through some drawers to like go to Rite Aid and see, or Walgreens and see uh see what develops on this thing that's, oh that's what I'm excited about. Ooh. I also have two things like like Collingwood, just not just one. I I've been wanting to get like my grandfather's painting in the background of my shots. So I have a lot of his paintings. He he was a painter. He was uh, an art professor in Berlin in the oh, cool. 1930s and 40s. He he left in 1941. So you can kind of you know, do the math there, uh, which is crazy. Um, but I just thought it'd be fun to have like a little Heinz Rosenthal. Oh my goodness. On oh, the, no. around the NFL podcast and uh so now this I is this was that. my chance to do it and he does a lot of different sort of styles and um had his own different eras but i i think this is like from the 1930s which is crazy Sounds like a we have,
2: have time. you named it does it have a name
3: no but it's always the one like there's a handful of them that i always bring around and i always like her so i she she's she's traveled with me from new orleans you know to new york to here i should name it that's that. a good idea i know i should, yeah, I should maybe figure out a way to put it in with. my background that's my show and tell shout out to shout out it's to heinz roswell
2: yeah Beautiful. wow i feel like i've learned a lot about you guys
3: it was good it was another home run oh. colleen i mean we're here in july you know there's a lot of down news out there um and i think you brought a smile to people's face just by showing up when when will we see you again colleen i feel like it might be a while
2: um, Monday back on, back at it on Monday, total access. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday total access. Yeah. Right.
3: To be clear, not on our podcast. You're not going to slum it with us again.
2: Oh, well, but maybe the week after, cause I'm off again. So we'll see. I'm I'm trying to do like mm-hmm. a, uh, I work for a week and then I take a vacation. <laughs> uh, this is just my first try. at it though, So we'll see. <laughs>
3: <laughs> take like the week off, week off. You don't, you don't have to show up here. I do. Uh, thank you all for, uh, Coming and uh helping out when um I know you're you're very busy, Mina, you're on Highly Questionable this week. You're on first take. you've got um your podcast with Lenny that drops every what, Tuesday night or Wednesday morning. Usually Tuesday you've got or BSD Wednesday. Daily. I mean it's a lot.
4: Not No, no Pablo Torres taking over at ESPN Daily. I, I um, saw that,
3: but I saw you've still you know. been doing it, so, you know. Yeah,
4: yeah. yeah you got to come back on Minikheim's show. We're doing division previews. Uh, this week, we did the AFC West. Next week,
3: uh, NFC North. So, hmm. yeah. And um, to any listeners out there, we, we, uh, we will be back on Monday before we go. Just as we were wrapping up uh, on this podcast, The Washington Post, Uh, reported that 15 female former employees say they were sexually harassed during their time with the team. You probably know there's been a lot of whispers about what was going to come out about Washington this week, and and this was it. Uh, A a couple personnel department employees were fired over the weekend. Uh, It involves allegations against them, against uh, their longtime broadcaster, Larry Michael, who's also no longer now with the team. But we, uh, we will see how... The team handles this. They, they did release a statement. While we do not speak to specific employee situations publicly, when new allegations of conduct are brought forward that are contrary to these policies, we will address them prop- promptly. And uh, yeah, this is a, a time of transition to say the least for, for the Washington team. And I'm, I'm sure we'll have more updates on that as we know more. What, what an off season it's been. Thanks for, uh, for sticking around with us. We're almost there uh, on, on paper training camp is starting soon we will let you know if that changes when we know that's it ricky
2: love you guys i miss you
3: for colleen (laughs) wolf ricky hollywood patrick claybon and our uh, special guest mina kimes i'm greg rosenthal see you monday
1: Get in zone, AutoZone.
5: Welcome to AutoZone. What are you working on today?
4: My check engine lights on.
5: Mm, that could hurt your gas mileage. The AutoZone free fix Finder service can help find the fix for free.
2: Get in zone. This whole report for free?
5: That's right. Printed and on your phone for free.
4: But what if the fix is too tough?
5: We'll recommend a local shop.
0: FixFinder, only at AutoZone. Get in the zone, auto zone. Restrictions apply.